Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that as you listen, you will be encouraged in your journey and that your relationship with Father God will be strengthened and deepened. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. Well, good morning, church. Good to see you on this beautiful day, right? Yeah, it makes us feel like we're still in summer, and uh, it's so cool to be able to enjoy this beautiful day. Well, great to see your faces. Yeah, awesome. So good to be here. Great time of worship, right? Uh, The privilege we have to worship the Lord together. It's so amazing. I would ask you to stand. We'll go to God's Word. We'll ask God to come and speak to us uh, this morning as we place ourselves before Him. Yes, Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your work that you're doing in our midst. And Father, we give you this time that we're in as a nation when we think about our elections that are coming up. We pray for your intervention, for you leading, for your grace to be upon the process, upon all that will happen. Father, we, we turn to you because you really the bottom line is you're our hope. Uh, we don't turn to man. We don't look at systems. We turn to you, and that's what we're doing here this morning. We come to celebrate the fact that you are with us and that you want to lead us and that you have a plan for the church. And so we want to align ourselves with you. We want to step in what you have in store. So, Father, we give you the busyness of our minds. We give you all the stress, the tension, all the stuff that we carry and the stuff that are happening around us. And we want to take a hold of you, and we want you to take a hold of us. So may you have your way as, we deliver, as I deliver what you've placed on my heart. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessings on you. you may be seated. So we've, been, um, we've started this series on DNA, who we are as a church, and why do we exist. We started last week. We talked about the DNA of Jesus last week. And um, I think in the time that we live in, the time that this... Uh, the season that we are in as a church, but also as a citizen and as a Canadian, uh, we, we need more and more to take a hold of Jesus or to see Jesus take a hold of us. And uh, I, was, I was led to do this when it comes to our DNA or values, what we value as a church and what we practice as a church. Uh, I, because I believe it's, it's uh, in this season that we're called to shine. In this season, we're called to uh, step up in what God has in store, and there's so much distraction. Would you agree with me? There's so much happening, and it's so easy to lose focus. And I shared a bit about that last week, and, and, I, and I just felt compelled to do the same today. So we're going to be addressing our first value, our first practice that we have in our partnership class or that we have as in our church. It's to see people experience Jesus on a personal level. That means the message of salvation, that Jesus is the only means to the Father, and that Jesus is necessary for people to encounter God. That through Jesus, there's this bridge that is being gapped between us and God. And that's the message of the church. I, I believe that one of the key thing or the key ingredient or calling that we have as a church, it's to implement this value, where at every level, 
wherever we minister, that we give uh, an opportunity or we give, we create a platform for people to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, to encounter God, maybe a prodigal uh, that has walked away from the faith or, or, uh, or a first-timer or whoever that needs to come back to, to, uh, to Christ. And so that's the mandate of the church. That's why at the end of the service, uh, we give an invitation to come back to the Lord. That's why we have the prayer room in the back, and we also offer the purple book for someone that needs to be disciple. This is where I, I remember saying to home group leaders, make sure that you have an empty chair in your room just to remind you that we're called to reach out, and we're called to, um, we're called to do a ministry towards those that do not attend, or those that might be um, drifting away, or those that might be cold to the, to the faith. From youth to, to grow, uh, I, when we did the video, for grow when we are uh, when we were uh, doing ministry to, uh, online, we made sure to always have this ingredient of having Jesus as uh, as Lord and Savior. So that's the mandate of the church. And I believe more and more as we're seeing the time that we live in, as we're noticing the time we live in, I think it's important for us to take uh, the. Uh, to realize the, uh, the call that we have to uh, bring forth this awesome message that's called the good news, and that is Jesus Christ. I remember when I was 15 years old, uh, when I basically came to the faith, and um, uh, as I was preparing for this weekend, I had this flashback of being in this pla on this place structure in a park, you know those wooden place structure? Uh, they started to put that up when I was a kid, uh, like um, teenager-ish. And I remember sitting on top of that PlayStation, uh, it's not PlayStation, but play structure. I gotta specify there's a difference between the two, eh? The next generation is a PlayStation. <laughs> so for us, it was a play structure. So I'm sitting on this post, you know, it was all made of wood. I'm sitting in the, on this post, just on the edge, and we're on the higher level. And I've got my friends with me, and I'm sharing to them the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, I was excited about my faith. They were there, and I had my little brown Bible, uh, my first Bible, and I was just showing them a few verses that I knew, and, and because they were raised with this, in the same context as mine in a religious setting, but Christ was not vibrant in their lives, and, and uh, I was just sharing to them the beautiful message of the gospel, how Jesus had become real into my life, and, and the reality is it wasn't hard to share because it was bubbling in my heart. Like Spurgeon says, evangelism is one beggar telling another beggar where to get bread. <laughs> and it's like I had bread, and I wanted to share that bread. It wasn't complicated. And sometimes when we think about sharing our faith, we think that we don't know enough. We think that uh, uh, we're not competent. We feel that people won't receive a message. And we have all kind of stuff that comes in the way that prevents us of sharing our faith. But the bottom line of when it comes to presenting Jesus to the world, it's because Jesus is alive in us. I would like to be able to stand before you and say, for all my years of ministry, I had the same passion of, or to tell others about Jesus, but I realized one thing, is that when I'm close to Jesus, when, when I'm soaked in him, when I have this deep relationship with him, it comes way easier for me to share my faith, because it bubbles from my heart. And that's what needs to happen. One of the things that we really need in the time that we live in, it's to see Jesus bubble from our hearts like never before. 
There's a lot of stuff that are bubbling in our hearts. There's a lot of stuff that we focus on and, and we look at. But the most important thing in this journey of life, depending what, whatever the season that we're going through, is to see Jesus bubble for, from our hearts. And when Jesus is not bubbling from our heart, there's a problem. There's an issue. It's not politically. It's not socially. It's spiritually. When Jesus is not bubbling in my heart, when Jesus doesn't want to come up, naturally, uh, organically, there's a problem. And what should happen is that it should be bubbling in our hearts and we should be able to keep our mouth uh, control to find the right time at the right place to speak out, not the opposite around where we have to force ourselves to speak. And that's why we need an encounter with Jesus. Through this series of, of values and our DNA, the bottom line it's to see God arise in us. And when the church doesn't see God arise in, its, in the church, this is where we go so, to, through so much problems. We see division, we see uh, parties, we see uh, polarization. And one of the reasons for that is because I believe is that we lose focus of Jesus. And when we take a hold, or when Jesus takes a hold of us, he gives us what really is necessary and what is number one? It's to live out our faith. It's to be active in mission. So it's important for us to realize that, that where we are today, we're in need of seeing God arise in us. And the only way that can happen is that it's through exposure. And that ex exposure is when you connect with God. When you say, God, come, reveal yourself in my life. I need you in my life. I don't want to be, behave like those that have no faith because I have faith. I know that you are with me, and I want you to shine through me. Imagine if we would get up in the morning, and we, have, we would have such a passion to be the light of the world. We're not called to be afraid of the dark. We're not called to be afraid of the dark. We're called to shine in the darkness. We're not called to isolate ourselves. We're not called to be on an island. No, we're called to shine. We're called to make a difference. Actually, the Christian is not afraid of the dark. Actually, the Christian steps in the darkness knowing that, that, uh, that we have or we are the solution because Christ is in us. Like, I've never seen light be afraid of darkness, right? I've never seen my, my switch on my, on my wall to say, I don't know if I should open up because there's a lot of darkness in, that, in the room. It just comes. And this is where we are, where you go. You're the light of the world. Wherever you go, there's a climate that changes in your room, in the room you're stepping in. Think about the places you go. The moment you step in, there's light because you're the light of the world. That's, that's what Jesus said. It's not, my, it's not my words. Jesus said you are the light of the world, you're the salt of the earth. When the, when the meat goes bad, before the meat goes bad, what do you do? You put salt, you give flavor, but you preserve. This is me and you. So we're not called to be afraid of the dark. We're called to step in the dark. I'll go a little further. We're called to embrace the dark, not to conform to the darkness, but to embrace the darkness knowing that's our mission and that's our calling. It doesn't matter the season that we face. It's not relevant. The season that we are in, it's not relevant. No, it's, 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 we're called to shine no matter what. Look what it says in John chapter 20, verse 21. The context is the disciples are hiding away because Jesus died. And Jesus, to them, 
He, they don't understand that he's risen. They don't know yet that he's risen from the dead. So they are panicking, right? Would you agree? They're afraid of dying. Peter had this terrible encounter where he denied the Lord and he felt extremely guilty. And, and I, I can't imagine how, it, how he felt because the Lord prophesied that he was going to deny him and, and that's what he did. It must have been awful. So they're hiding because they don't know what's going to happen. They think, they think they're next. And so they're there. Waiting, not knowing what to do next. They're caught in their fear of anxiety, not knowing the future, not knowing what laid ahead. They were just in that little room. And look what happens in John 20, verse 21. And Jesus said, peace be with you. The first thing he says to the disciple is, peace be with you, saying, I've got you. Son, daughter, I've got you. Can you say that to your neighbor? He's got me. He's got me. Peace be with you. You got to realize, and I said that last week, the climate was not favorable. They were under Roman rule. And if you look at the year 70, the temple was ruined. Like Israel was basically destroyed in the year 70. That is 30 years later-ish. So, so it was not a great season. It was difficult. And Jesus come, and the first thing he says to them, peace be with you. I've got you, son. We've got to know this, people. That he promised that never he will leave us, never he will forsake us, right? So he says to them, I've got you, and I'll carry you. And even though there's, an, in, in, there's um, unsureness and you don't know the future, it's not relevant. I've got you, right? So whatever you're facing, whatever the future holds, you know one thing is he's got you, and you can experience the peace that transcends all understanding. Then he says, peace be with you first. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Wow. In the mess. In the mess. It was a mess. Put yourself in their sandals for a moment. Jesus is here, I've got to go out, and you know that he died by the cross, and you think about the prophecies that were, say, that were said that they would suffer too. How does that happen? And, and so Jesus is saying that in the context that, are, that they're in, whatever the context that they were in, the same context applies for us today, whatever the context we're in, we see this call. So when it comes to the call of the church, it's not relevant to the culture, not relevant to the environment or the climate. It's our call. This is why we're here. This is the call of the church. He says, I, I, he says as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And then he says, and then what he does, and, and, and with that he breath, breathed on them and, they, and, and, and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So the first thing, peace be with you. Yeah, I'm sending you, but I'm not sending you alone. I'm going to empower you with the Holy Spirit. And we see that in Acts chapter 2, right? In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, You will receive power, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the end of the world. But you'll receive power. 
So this is why when it comes to the season that we're in today, we need to have an encounter with God. We need to see God bubble in our hearts because this is where we have peace. This is where we, we are reminded of the calling that we have as a church. So when it comes to why are we here and what is the calling that we have as a church, it's to bring Jesus forward, not just as a church, as a uh, a fellowship or as a community, but as, an, as a person. I'm called to go forward and share my faith. Whatever the circumstances, whatever the culture, whatever the climate, God never said, hey, based on the climate that you live, share your faith. He didn't say, you know, wait for that things get better or focus on all this. And No, what message are we going to carry? What message will you carry? It has to be Jesus. It has to bubble from our hearts. It has to be natural. It has to be organic. And the only way that becomes organic is when we have a one-on-one, -on -one, when we're encountered by him. It goes back to the basics, people. Amen? That we have to be encountered by God. Like in John chapter 17, verse 18 says, As you send me into the world, I have sent them into the world. So, is God sending you into the world? Absolutely. He said it to the disciples and in the, in the prayer he had to, with the, to the Father for us in John chapter 17. He says, you've sent me, Father. I'm sending them. So Jesus calls me to go out and share and shine. And more just than to say, but to live out focusing that I have a mission. And that mission is to see Jesus be brought forward. I think it's so important, right? So important. I look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, and he said to them, follow me, and I will make you a fisher of men. Follow me. What comes next? Fisher of men. Follow me. How many followers of Jesus here? What's the next step? Fisher of men. It might be by your cooking. Then you can't send it my way. I can eat better now, so I'll, I'll enjoy that. Um, uh, anyway, that's another topic. I just lost track. I just saw cheesecake for a moment. <laughs> Follow me, fishers of men. Follow me, fishers of men. We, we say, Follow me, live for yourself. Follow me, step in the flesh. Follow me, you can do it on your own. Follow me, focus on other stuff. Follow me, fishers of men. Fishers of men. Fishers of men. Is that a priority in our hearts? Is that what we want to see? Is that what cries out from our heart? It should be. It should be. Because following Jesus gives birth to be a fisher of men. So if I, if I stop at being a follower of Jesus and I don't become a fisher of men, it's because I'm not following Jesus. Because I would be a fisher of men. Can someone say, ouch? <laughs> ouch. Because tr true followers of Jesus will be passionate about sharing this beautiful message, this good news. How many of you, you hold back when you have a good news? No. You're excited when there's good news, right? When you, when you see these beautiful couples coming in with their child, we haven't seen them yet, they're just so happy to open that basket, basket top and show us their baby. Yeah, it's a tremendous good news. 
It's the good news. Hey, 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 hey. Right? The most beautiful child. It's mine. It's ours, right? Hey, it's supposed to be like that. It's the good news. And so we're called to be followers of Jesus and what, give, what should give birth is to be a fisher of men. Look what it says in Philemon, chapter 4, verse 7. It's not chapter 4. There's no chapter, verse 4 and verse 7. I did the same mistake last night. There's only one chapter. Um, Paul writes this letter to Philemon to talk about this slave that was Philemon and later on helped uh, Paul to do the work of the ministry. And he's sending um, Onesimus back to Philemon, so he writes this letter. And he says in verse 4, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. Beautiful, right? That's a good testimony to have. It says here that this guy has a faith where he relies on God and he trusts in God. And it's awesome. And also you see him go to another level where he blesses the saints. And there's a verse later that I'm not going to read, but you can see him. Paul says, awesome when it comes to loving the saints. But look what he says right after. You probably saw the verse, right? It says in verse 6, and that's what Paul is praying. Paul is writing this letter to Philemon, and he's praying. Look what he says. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. Like, it's awesome that you love the saints. Beautiful. It's awesome that you stand in faith, that you depend on God. But I want you to be active. And even he specifies the word active. That means energy. That means effort, personal involvement. It's the opposite of being passive. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. What's the benefit of it? Well, people hear the gospel. But look, what he's, look what Paul says after, so that you will have the full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. So what Paul is, is saying here, you want to go deep in the things of God? Come back to the shore and lead people in. What, what Paul is saying is that if you want to discover the fullness of God, you will discover that when you will actively share your faith. Because you'll see God's provision. You'll see this immense love of God that is shown to people. You'll be floored by the love of God. You'll be amazed by God's timing. Like perfect timing, God brought you at the perfect time and the person was open at the right time. Amazing. You'll see the power of the Holy Spirit through you. It's going to give you uh, also the need to be dependent on him because you don't know what to do. God, give me the words. Oh, lead me. And, and it brings the sensitivity to, to the Holy Spirit in your heart. As you're walking, you're open to, to his leading. So, so when I miss out on actively sharing my faith, I'm preventing my spiritual growth. So what it is to go deep, is it to learn Hebrew and learn Greek? It would help. There's nothing wrong. But really to go deep, it's to put into practice what you know and to disciple people. Because this is where your doctrine and your belief will go way deeper when you disciple people. Because they'll have questions, they'll be going through stuff, you'll experience grace and forgiveness, and you'll be there and they won't be faithful because they won't show up to a meeting, but you'll continue to call them. It's, you're gonna grow in patience, it's gonna be amazing, right? 
And so, so when it comes to spiritual growth, and I know that you want to grow spiritually because it, that's why you're here, one of the ways for you to grow spiritually is to be actively sharing your faith. Wow, eh? So when it comes to go deep, it's not just, it's not based on more intellectual knowledge, but it's on doing what you're called to do, and through this, God will reveal the fullness of who he is as you're doing ministry, because signs and wonders follows love. Like it says in the Bible, signs and wonders follow the preaching of God's word. But what is the purpose of the preaching of God's word? It's love. God so loved the world. So when you preach Jesus by here on this platform at your workplace or by doing social justice, what you're doing, you're preparing, you're laying the foundation for God to do supernatural work. You want to see supernatural work in your life? Start to be a vessel for God and say, God, use me for your glory. Here I am. I want you to flow through me. I want you to have your way through me. When God bubbles through my life, this is where he shows up even more. So one of the reasons why we, we are lacking in signs and wonders is because the church is not actively sharing their faith. That's why. You want to see God show up? Step out on the water. You want to see God move powerfully? Obey to his call. Be open to his leading. And you'll see God's going to rock you because that's the heart of Father God. And the heart of Father God, it's the mission. It's to see people experience Jesus for the first time or for the hundredth time. People that walked away from the faith, people that are broken, people that are in need. I think about last night. We had a service here last night. I, I preach and all this, and we had good time like we were having this morning. And uh, I walked out and I went in the cafe and there's a lady that ran in from church, from outside, and she ran in. It was about maybe 7, 7.20. And she ran in and she was desperate. You could see all over her face, I need help. Okay, we're here for you. I'm gonna minister to you, you know. And I, I was able to minister to her a bit, but then I was able to send her to the prayer room and, and she was ministered to and, and she was on my heart all night. I got up this morning, and I was looking forward to see how, what happened, right, and where she was. And, and this is why we're here. We, we live in a broken world. We live in a place that is such in need of Jesus. And I want to see Jesus bubble from my heart. You see, I want to see, I want to be captivated by Jesus. I want to be captivated by his mission. I want to be caught up by his heart. And that's why we're here. If that's not our heart, then why this? Right? This is the huddle where you receive God's word with the purpose of being the salt and the light of the world and to disciple people. So we want to have an active faith, right? Sharing my faith is the heart of Jesus. You look at Isaiah 61 verse 1 we see a snapshot of the mission of Jesus. It was prophesied by the prophet Isaiah. And when Isaiah prophesied that, it was not an easy go in Israel. It was a hard time. The Assyrians were there in Jesus, and then there was oppression. And this is where the tribe of the, north, the, tribe of the sort were, were dispersed. Rough go. And, and, and this is where... Isaiah has a word of the Lord in Isaiah 61. And that's the same word that Jesus shared when he was in, in the synagogue in Nazareth where they wanted to kill him. Because that was uh, the description of the Messiah. 
Look what, he, look what it says, and you've read that before. I've used it before because I think it's such a significant text. It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. The, spirit of, the reason that the spirit of the Lord is upon me is because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. To whom? To the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the year of grace, and the, in the, and the day of vengeance of our God. And some people will say it's the end times, and some people will say that Jesus will defend you or God will defend you. Meaning, that's what it means, that God will stand up for the righteous. To comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. That's what came, Jesus came to do. The oil of gladness instead of mourning and garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. That was the mission of Jesus. That's the mission of the church, right? So what should be our focus? It's been hard, especially in this season. I feel the tug. Well, okay, we're, no, stay focused on the mission. Stay focused on what we're called to do. And that's what Jesus has called us. And there's so much things that wants my attention and your attention. There's so many distractions right now. And it's so important for us to stay focused on the calling that we have. And that's the calling of Jesus. No matter the circumstances, no matter the climate, it's still the call. And we want to step into that. You look at John chapter 19, verse 10. It says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. Seek and save. Seek and save. It's linked to the story of Zacchaeus that he was up a tree and was looking for Jesus. So he was looking for Jesus, but Jesus was looking for him. Jesus was looking for him. He came to seek and save those that were lost. Those that were lost is their state and realizing the state of the crowd he was ministering to. He was aware of it. So he seek and, 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 he, and he saved. He gave his life. So he, he sought after them. He did something about it because he was aware of the state of of his people, they were lost. It's the same thing for us today. What is the state of, of our nation? Lost. Am I seeking? Am I seeking God? Am I seeking the lost? Am I, am I giving something, my testimony, like I said, I, I like what, like I said earlier, like when Charles Spurgeon says, evangelism is very simple. There's a beggar telling another beggar where the bread, where to get bread. Like anybody can do that, right? Anybody can point to Superstore. Right? So you know, oh, yeah. Well, it's the same thing. It's not complicated. You, you point to, to the one that is the bread of life, and that is Jesus. And then you let Jesus do this tremendous work of bringing conviction. But he came to seek and save the lost. Our message is Jesus. Healing is found in no other than Jesus. You find that in Acts chapter 4, verse 8. And, and then it says, right after the upper room, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we're called, if we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed. So you, you, you see, early church focus on act of kindness, ministry, people. And then in verse 10, it says, Then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth, <clears throat> whom you crucified, by who, and, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands 
before you healed. And this is what it really rocked me. Where this, stand, this man stood before the congregation of, of Israel and he was healed. When I read this, I was saying, well, is that our calling? Imagine this picture of having this man that is healed. And, 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 and then you say, it's Jesus that was crucified and Jesus that is risen from the dead. And because of Jesus that is the cornerstone, this man is healed today. That's the testimony of the church. That's what we want to give birth to. We want to be a church and a people that sees that happening where people are healed in their bodies, healed in their spirit, healed in their relationships, where Jesus comes in and make, uh, m- m- brings a difference that we cannot bring. So our goal is not to be the solution. Our goal is to introduce the solution, and that solution is Jesus. And that's what we want to see, right? And look at what it says in verse 11. He is the calf, uh, the, the, uh, the stone the, uh, you builders rejected, which has been the capstone or the centerpiece. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given by man by which we, we must be saved. And so it says here that salvation comes by no other name. It's the same thing today. We want salvation. We want to see God intervene. It's only going to happen in Jesus like, we're having election tomorrow, and I believe it's our um, mandate to vote. And then what you do is you look and you, you ask God to lead and you do your homework. But the bottom line is that my hope, and hopefully your hope, is not in the political realm. I pray that your hope and my hope is God, depending of whatever. That I make God my hope and I make God my, my strength, that I focus on him. I've got this example in my mind of the king Ezekiah, where he brings a reformation in Israel, tears down all the idols, brings everything down. And then you have, first of all, his dad had a ton of idols. He comes and he destroys all the idols. And then you have his, his son Manasseh comes back and restores, all back, restores back the idols. You know what happened is that there was not a change of heart. You can, all the, you can have all the change on the political realm. If there's not a change of heart, it's just going to die because it's not a heart thing. And, and true changes doesn't happen by what we do. True changes comes from a heart transformation. That's why when you see revivals break through in a community, in a nation, all, everything changes because there's a heart transformation, you see? And that's what we want to see. We want to see a heart transformation. So it brings me back to what is the solution? Well, what is the solution? It's Jesus. Look what it says in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes first for the Jews and, for the, or, and then for the Gentile. It's the gospel. It's the solution. So what is the solution? What is the solution for our nation? The gospel is the solution. Beautiful, right? It's only the gospel, not but, not with, only the gospel, because it's the gospel that changes heart. And what do we need? Change hearts. First in mine, in us, and then the message that goes out to the world. My last point here, sharing my faith is my mandate and my calling. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and you has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. 
He gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting man's sin against them. That is to come alive to God, where we come alive in him. But look what he says after, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us, as though God was making his appeal through us, as though God was making his appeal through us, as though God is making his appeal through us. And this is what our call is, to see God make his appeal through us. That's the mandate of the church. It's very simple. God making his appeal through us. We are not ambassadors on our own. We represent our home is heaven and our king is Jesus. So we go forward and Christ speaks to us and we see what Paul says. We implore you in Christ's behalf, be reconciled. We implore you. In Christ's behalf, be reconciled with God. That was the call of the apostle, church, the apostle Paul, and that's the call of the church, that we would share our faith actively, that we would not deviate from the mission, that we would realize that we have a calling. And what really, 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 really matters is souls, because souls matters to God. Prodigals matters to God. This little lady that ran to church last night matters to God. And we're here to give, we're here to love, and we're here to preach this good news of the gospel because it's only through the gospel that real change will happen. Amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.